This is PhotoBizX, episode number 376, and today we are talking in-house printing and why you absolutely should be doing your own if you want to become a better photographer. Our special guest is underwater fine art portrait photographer Cheryl Walsh, whose imagery will blow you away. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm looking forward to jumping in and sharing this interview with you with Cheryl Walsh in just a minute. She, like I said, is an underwater portrait fine art photographer. She makes her income by selling images that she creates for herself to make her happy. She does commission or she does get commissioned to photograph some of these images. But I think you'll hear in the interview that it's plain as day that the thing she's most passionate about is being able to print in-house, have complete control over the color and quality of the images that are going out to her clients. And in saying that, I was surprised about how little emphasis she put on the actual photography side of her business and how much she placed on the printing side. You'll hear more about that from Cheryl in just a minute. As far as me and my week is concerned, it's been a busy one as usual and I mentioned in the last episode, after being inspired by the interview with Dan Milnor, that I'm looking at creating a a magazine or a a book potentially with PhotoBizX members purely based on a personal photography project for us. Well, the good news is that is underway. We (laughs) We have a group sorted out. I've got people, members that are passionate about getting involved. The topic or the brief is around artists in 2020. And currently we're getting some prices from book designers. But the the good news is we we are underway. We have a deadline. We have a brief and uh, things are moving ahead. So I'll be sharing more about that once we get uh, further down the track. In other news, and I'll have more to say about these announcements after the interview with Cheryl. But the big news is if you are hearing this interview as it goes live, this episode, there is some training with business and mindset coach Joel Dunn happening tomorrow morning. If you are a premium member, that training is 50% off for you. And the focus of the training is on pricing. This is a pricing masterclass. Joel is going to be helping you to set up your price list to sell the kind of products that you want to be selling to your clients at the kind of prices or for the profit that you should be earning for your business. So if you do register for that training before it happens tomorrow morning, you'll get access to the live training, you'll get access to the recordings, you'll get access to any iterations of the course as it moves from the live recording to the photobizx.com website, plus you get a one-on-one call with Joel to discuss your pricing. That's included when you sign up for the masterclass. So premium members, you get 50% off the cost, which is $97.00. I'll rebate that 50% to you so you get access for $48.50. If you're listening to the free version of this podcast, it's still a steal for $97, but of course you can get access for half price too if you jump in and grab a membership. Super simple. 
So more details at photobizx.com forward slash pricing. I'll share a little bit more about that after the interview with Cheryl. The other super quick thing I wanted to mention is the daily vlog challenge is kicking off next week. So one week from today on Monday, the 31st of August, we'll be kicking off the daily vlog challenge. If you want to get better at utilizing video in your business, come and join us. Head over to dailyvlogchallenge.com to learn more about that. And if you didn't hear last week's interview with Tracy Moore and you photograph seniors or you're looking for other ways to spice up your portrait photography business, maybe you're looking for some interesting ways to connect with your wedding clients. <laughs> no matter what genre you shoot, but particularly if you photograph seniors, you will get a ton from what Tracy had to share. It was one interview that seemed to really gel with listeners. It's one that must have resonated well because I received more notes, more email following that interview with Tracy than I have in quite a while. And they were all positive with listeners being blown away by the business model that Tracy's established for her business. The fact that she takes senior girls away on trips to photograph them as part of their senior portrait sessions, creating these getaway weekends or weeks by involving the parents, the kids, their friends, utilizing Snapchat to get referrals and recommendations for the following year's students. Yeah, there was so much that Tracy shared. So if you haven't heard that interview, get back and have a listen. Even if you don't shoot or photograph seniors, there is no way you'll come away without being inspired and with a bunch of ideas that you'll be able to implement into your business. And at the very least, you'll come away super motivated, which is nice in itself. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Cheryl Walsh in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. That means you won't be hearing the full interview today with Cheryl. So if you want to hear more about printing in-house, how to generate sales from your fine art photography, how to market your fine art photography and find buyers for your work, if you want to hear more about all of that, grab a premium membership. You can trial it for 30 days for $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. photobizx.com forward slash try. Sign up, get full access to the interview with Cheryl Walsh today, plus get access to the full back catalogue and everything else that goes along with a premium membership. Hopefully, I'll see you in there soon. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. The term fine art photographer gets thrown around a lot in our industry. In some cases, it feels like the photographer is purely looking for a label to place on their work that fails to successfully deliver an idea, a message, or an emotion. Today's guest is a portrait and underwater fine art photographer, and she does not fall into that category. Her photography has a dreamlike appearance, featuring floating goddesses that appear to be more like masterful paintings than photographic art. She says, I shoot dramatic underwater portraits that are reflective of overcoming troubles in my life. She only photographs in her own pool and she maintains full control over her work by doing all the printing herself. Her time was divided between high school senior photography and fine art underwater and portrait photography, but now it's 100% underwater photography. And she's earned way too many awards to list here that include, to mention just a few, International Portrait Image of the Year, 
winner of the coveted WPPI Grand Award 2016, Triple Master Distinction from WPPI. I'm talking about Cheryl Walsh, and I'm wrapped to have her here with us now. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> it's my pleasure. When you hear about, you know, I guess your photography business, does it surprise you that you are where you are now? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm a middle-aged mom with a minivan. <laughs> and that's how, kind of how I think of myself. The rest has sort of all been, you know, to fill in the time. <laughs> I kind of get the sense, and I don't know for sure, that you started out photographing seniors and then fell into the underwater photography. Is that the way it went? Yeah. Yeah. I started out like a lot of photographers do, knowing I wanted to, you know, make a living with my camera tried a lot of different things, tried weddings and babies and families and and very quickly discovered that my passion was for these 17-year-olds who were not quite adults yet, but not children either. And that's the only time in their whole life they get to be in that kind of that in-between place. And I just loved working with them and capturing them who they were, not based on photography trends but really, truly an editorial style of who they were. And I absolutely love doing that. So that's where I put my focus. And in the process of that, I sort of fell into trying underwater photography with a um, high school senior with her prom dress on. And the very first time I did it, I realized that this was going to become a problem. (laughs) I really (laughs) liked it a lot and kind of got hooked. Yeah. Wow. So how different was that first image or those first images compared to what you're creating today? Oh, I would say like night and day, but night and day are both times of the day. So they have something in common. No, my work when I first started looks absolutely nothing like what I'm doing now. It certainly evolved completely, you know, first from a technical standpoint and then from an artistic standpoint. I have a pretty clear voice in my work now that I had no idea I was even going to want to have from the beginning. Nice. I said in the intro there, and I read, I think it was in your bio or somewhere online, that you were looking to overcome troubles in your life. What kind of troubles are you trying to escape from or to hide or to mask? Well, at one point, I was very heartbroken and, you know, kind of depressed about that. And I couldn't seem to make that feeling go away. And I certainly didn't want anybody else feeling that way. So I thought, you know, the feeling isn't going away. I might as well move forward with my life and just do what I can. So the least I can do is create artwork that brings a sense of calmness and peacefulness to the world. So that's where my focus was. I didn't want anyone else to feel bad. So why make depressing work? So I make stuff that's sort of light and escapism just to give people a few minutes to sort of escape from the world and get lost in something beautiful. I like that. I like that. Do you still feel like you're doing that when you're creating the images that you're creating today? Actually, you know, I got through the last like four years or so, I really worked through that situation and am really happy now and very fulfilled and find sometimes it's harder to make artwork when 
I'm happy and distracted with other aspects of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you actually noticed a difference in your photography now that you're actually feeling happier? I do. Yeah, I really do. A lot of it's the storytelling because most all of my images are based on stories and just the stories themselves have changed. So the focus of what I'm doing has changed. And now I'm working on a project that isn't even based on a story that revolves around me and my life. It's sort of a whole separate set of photographs. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about doing something that's different. So is this a, a project that someone's come to you with, something that's commissioned, or is this something that you've dreamt up? It's something that I was looking for. And then a couple of friends kind of mentioned, hey, you should do you know, a set of this kind of thing. And I'm not really ready to talk about it publicly yet because it's dozens of shoots and it's very involved. It involves a lot of people and a lot of costumes. So we're kind of in the midst of all of the organizing for that. But a few people mention it and it's like, you know what? You're right. This is, this is a good avenue for me. And I work with the same people consistently as far as models and designers go. And this was something that everyone was on board with. They were all really excited about in their own way. And for me, part of the joy of it is capturing a little bit of each of these individual people. This isn't a project that's all about me. This is about this amazing collaborative group of creatives that I get to work with. And I love that. That sounds exciting. So when you have this idea and you've solidified it in your head and you think, okay, I'm going to do this, do you get these creatives, these people that you're going to be collaborating with, do you get them all together and go out for coffee and talk about it? Do you send an email to everyone? How do you get everyone on board? Well, right now, (laughs) with the state the world is in, (laughs) we have not been able to get together in person. So... It's been getting on um, social media and private messaging and private groups and um, planning it all out on a private group. And that's worked out pretty well. I mean, it would be nice to sit down together and talk about it. It's something we sat down and talked about once last year. I had everyone together at my, um, I had a large gallery show in October and I was able to get my models together then. And I threw a dinner for everyone to sort of celebrate all of them and the work that we created together. To me, the gallery show wasn't about me. It was about all of us. And at the time, I talked about this project and what I wanted to do, and they were really excited. So who knew that we would end up where we are now? But we're working through it. I imagine you can't actually shoot at the moment, can you? You know, using social distancing, I'm working with people who've been on lockdown. So, you know, we're a couple shoots into it. Fortunately, chlorine in the swimming pool kills viruses. So using masks, keeping a safe distance, making sure that my model brings someone as their own safety person, someone that they live with, so they're very comfortable with, and you know, we're just sort of working through it that way. And so far, it's been very comfortable and very easy to keep a distance. And any physical interaction I have with them is completely under the water. I go over to, you know, mess with their outfits and all of that. So, so far, it's it's working out. Well, that's good. 
That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are people who I truly, genuinely love and care about, and I think they feel the same about me. We certainly don't want to put each other at risk, and so we're doing everything we can to feel really comfortable in the situation where we're certain that there's no risk to each other. Nice. Before I hit record, we were chatting offline for a second, and I had in the intro here that you had and have a senior photography business, but you told me that you've just actually let that fall away, mm-hmm. or you've stopped shooting that, that style of photography. Why did you decide to stop? I felt like I had accomplished every challenge that was presented to me with it, and there was kind of nowhere else to go. And I was starting to see a pattern of repeats in what it was the seniors were asking me to do. And without that challenge, I was afraid that I was going to lose more interest in it. And I feel that's a great disservice then to the high school seniors that I would be working with in the future if I wasn't truly completely 100% invested in capturing them the way they wanted to be captured. Sure. So that tells me, (laughs) and I'm stretching a line here, that the underwater photography is tremendously successful because I get the impression that you can only shoot that for certain parts of the year and you must be doing okay financially with that side of the business to support you all year round. Is that a fair assessment? Um, I would say there's no financial success in anything right now because everything's locked down. (laughs) But really, a lot of my focus has gone into the education side of printing. And I'm working on a couple projects right now that will be income producing in education. But, you know, we can still talk about the, well, there's really not a lot to talk about with the high school seniors. No, no, no. The, um, The underwater work. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. But I'm really curious about who is your client? Oh, I sell prints. I sell prints, fine art prints. And I have sales on a regular basis. I mostly sell through my website. Like I was just involved in a charity auction. And not only did one of my pieces sell, but then I had two other people contact me and purchase pieces separately based on that. Okay. So who are these clients? Are they just homeowners who love your work and want to have it displayed in their home? Pretty much. Is it the model's parents? (laughs) No? Yeah, no. I do a limited number or was doing a limited number of private commissions every year where someone pays me to take their photograph underwater. I don't generally share those images because that is private. It's for them. They're paying me and I'm creating images for them that then belong to them. The rest of the work that you see, the fantasy-based stuff, I'm printing and people are purchasing prints to hang in their house. Yeah. So are these limited edition prints or you can sell as many as you like? Up until now, it's been open editions where I can sell as many as I like, and I sell around the world. I have people who collect my work around the world. I have had a few pieces that I have been very popular that I have not made available, and I will be making available in the next probably three or four months on a limited edition basis. Right. So how does that actually work? Do you set the limit? of the additions and then does it have to be registered with someone or is it just an honesty thing? Yeah, there's no registry for that. So the traditional way of doing this was to have your work in a gallery 
afford to have a manager or agent. And I don't have any of those things. So for me, it would be, it's strictly my word and my reputation, which is everything, and managing it myself. And then what kind of number will you put on those limits? For larger images, I'm looking at 20. And then as the images get smaller in size, the number of the addition can go up. So it depends on what the image is and how popular it is. Okay. As a fine art photographer, how do you come up with pricing for your work? That's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. So what I decided to do is start low. And as images sell, then I increase the price. So more popular images, I've increased the price. But I'd like to keep the work available. I have a lot of young fans and just people who enjoy mermaids and, you know, fantasy type, escapist type of artwork. So just keeping the prices reasonable. Since I'm printing the work myself, you know, it's sheer profit. So that enables me to have full control over that. I get an order, I print it, put it in the mail, send it off. Yeah. So you're not doing all the framing, you're sending purely a print. I have a frame company that I work with that I really like. I believe very strongly in working with small family-owned businesses, people who are truly invested in what it is that they do and contribute to my artwork. And then by selling my artwork, I'm contributing to them and their family. So I've got a, a framer, the Lemon Company, that I really like. And when someone wants something framed, I go through them. Okay. But most of your clients are buying prints online from your web store. Yes. And they'll have a print delivered, be unmatted, unframed. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So can you give me an idea and the listener an idea of pricing? That's a good question. I should look at my website and figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) And do you really try and push or do you prefer people to buy, you know, because I know you're all about large print. I get the impression you're all about large prints, like 40 by 60 inch prints. Is that what you're wanting your clients to buy or you don't mind? I don't mind. You know, for me, it's whatever their interest is. There are people who want really large and, and, people who, you know, just want a little four by six or five by seven. So for me, printing is the value of it is in my time. How much is my time worth? If you're printing and really looking at the price of the paper and the ink, that's not where I truly believe that the focus should be. It should be on your time. How much time does it take? So for me, you know, an eight by 10 is $50 for a majority of my images, just because, you know, it's taking me minutes to print that out and put it in a safe envelope and ship it out. Got it. And then when we got to something like a 40 by 60? A 40 by 60 for most of my images is $1,600. I have some that are in the $5,000 range. Right. Okay. So how do you get then from that 1600 to the 5000? Is that because it's an overly popular image? Yes. Yeah. It's based on popularity. Right. So you see them, this one's going well. Lots of people are ordering this one. Then you adjust the pricing to suit. You put it up by increments, I imagine. Right. So for every two that are sold, when they get to be larger sizes, 
then I increase the price. Okay. And then let's say you have a popular image that you know, is selling for $5,000 in a 40 by 60 size. Will you still offer that same print in an 8 by 10 or a 5 by 7? I have one that's really popular that I haven't sold yet that I'm still just kind of debating what it is that I want to do. Ironically, the less available it's been, the more popular it's become. <laughs> so, so, you know, I haven't really been in a hurry to jump off selling that. But, you know, yeah, I still want to make it available and accessible to people. I don't believe that art needs to be overpriced. I certainly don't want to be losing money. I need to eat, too. But I don't believe that it needs to be overpriced. Right. So does it get to a point or do you see it getting to a point where, you know, you need to have an agent, you need to have someone getting your images, your art into galleries and into, um, I guess, how do most people sell art? Is it through galleries? Well, you know, it used to be. That used to be the standard was agents and managers and galleries. And really, that is not as popular an avenue as it used to be. There's certainly absolutely a place for that. And galleries that are very successful. I guess fortunately for me, my work doesn't really fall into sort of a standard category. I had a really interesting experience a number of years ago at, um, it's actually Palm Springs Photo Festival. I did a bunch of portfolio reviews and every single one of the reviewers said to me, you know, your work is lovely, it's interesting, it's pretty, it's nice, but it doesn't belong here. You don't <laughs> belong here. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh man, this doesn't feel good. And a friend of mine, it was wonderful, said, this is the best news ever. Now you don't have to follow their rules. Mm. These were all kind of gallery people, and they're telling you you don't belong there, so now you don't have to go the traditional route. You can do whatever you want to do. It's like, oh, okay, that's a much better perspective. <laughs> that is. Yeah. So while I did have a gallery show last year, I was I had been asked for a number of years to do gallery shows, and, and particularly group shows, and have always turned them down. And then a year and a half ago, I was offered this opportunity at a nonprofit gallery that is run by the artists who are members of the group. And they said to me, you can have the whole gallery and you can do anything you want to do. It's like, oh, I can work with that. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it was more of sort of a museum experience, an experience of people to be able to come look at my artwork look at the printing itself, the paper. I didn't have any glass on my framed images and used eight different kinds of paper, all very specific to each image. And it was more of an experience. I was able to have costumes that I've shot um, curated and put on display, and those weren't for sale. So a traditional gallery would never have allowed that because that's valuable real estate that could have been used for something that would be revenue generating. So it was a wonderful experience. It really was. But it wasn't about selling work. It was about showing work and giving people the experience 
the most common question I'm asked is, why do you work underwater? And I was able to give people an experience that let them know what it feels like to work underwater. How did you do that? There was a separate room in the gallery, had very high ceilings, no windows, and was about the size of a swimming pool. And so I used special effects lighting and projection to project water and color onto the walls and then use projection slideshow of video of my models underwater. So it was basically seeing what I see when I work with them and projected the sound of water and even had a little bit of chlorine in a container in the corner. <laughs> so it smelled like a swimming pool when you walked in. I had a fan going and a gown, a very elaborate long gown sort of flowing from the fan sort of looked like what it would look like underwater with that slow motion movement. And people would come in and there was a bench in the middle. They'd sit on the bench or they'd sit on the floor and just watch. I had about a half hour loop and I found people would stay for an hour, an hour and a half and watch it over and over again. Wow. That must have been special for you. Yeah, it was great. It was great. That's what I wanted. I wanted people to experience the entire, all of my artwork there, you know, the feeling of it, that I didn't want to create a gallery show that was, okay, come look at my art on the wall and then buy it. To me, that's, you know, that can be kind of rude. <laughs> and this was an opportunity to say, well, you know, experience this, have an experience, enjoy yourself. No pressure, just walk around and enjoy yourself. I love the sound of that. It almost sounds like a museum piece. Yeah. But like you said, at the end of the day, you have to eat, you have to feed yourself, your family. Right. So where do people, are they only buying from your website? Are you running Facebook ads? Are you active on Instagram? Are you driving people to an Etsy store? Like how are you getting your work in front of the right people who might want to buy it? I should hire you. You have all <laughs> kinds of ideas. <laughs> um so I have a pretty steady stream of people who are just interested in my work and, you know, discover that it's affordable and buy it. So I'm pretty regularly printing out images and, and shipping them off. And that certainly adds up. This summer, I was supposed to, actually right now, I was supposed to be showing my work at Laguna Beach Festival of the Arts. And of course that had to be canceled, but that was a huge opportunity. It's a juried show and very difficult to get into. So I felt very fortunate to be chosen for that. Yeah, so that's kind of a bummer that that got canceled, yeah. but they have a virtual online gallery that should be available in the next two or three weeks where our work will be shown. Nice. I hope that comes through for you. It sounds, uh, sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl, when I look at your website and I go to the shop, it looks like you're using Shopify to sell your, yes. your prints, your art. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me just ask you, do you consider yourself a photographer or an artist? You know, I think in both um, an artist for sure in that the work I'm making is not straight up traditional photography. However, my work is 100% photographic. 
there's no painting involved. You know, I take pictures of textures and put those textures and colors over the images to add an atmosphere around them. But, you know, any of my images with a black background, those are practically, practically straight out of camera. Right. Wow. So when someone runs into you, a stranger, you, an acquaintance, and, you know, they ask what you do, what do you say? <laughs> uh, depending on how much time I have, um, <laughs> you know, the longest explanation is I'm an underwater fine art portrait photographer. Right. Okay. And putting it that way, because when I say underwater, people think fish <laughs> and I don't take pictures in the ocean. It's strictly in a very controlled swimming pool. And I take pictures of people. So that's where the portrait part comes from. And fine art because it's storytelling. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Let me take you back to the business side of things. As I said earlier, it looks like you're using Shopify, which you said yes. It's beautifully laid out. It's so easy to buy. So I'm looking here at one of your prints, your pieces for sale. I can choose from 4 by 6 all the way up to 40 by 60 mm-hmm. and I can pay with PayPal. Super, super simple, mm-hmm. beautifully laid out. Yes. So let's say I go ahead and purchase this print now. What happens at your end? I get an email telling me that a print has been purchased. I go in, make sure it's been paid for. I would say a majority of it is through PayPal, so it's pretty quick. And then I print that image put it in a either a protected envelope, cardboard envelope, or a tube, and then ship it off. That's it. It's really easy. I print the shipping label through it too. You've made this sound way easier than what it really is, I'm sure. So you get that email, and let's say it's for a particular email, Ascending Grace 04, which is what I'm looking at. Okay. So where is that stored? Where do you have it? Do you have to resize it in Photoshop? What happens when you see this order from me for this print? Right. I have all of my images that are available in the shop on a small two terabyte hard drive. It's always with me. It's very easy. You just pull it up. And my printing workflow is sort of the key to my success. I have printing down absolutely to a science. So I know that every print I make is going to come out perfect. No questions asked. So I know which size images fit on which size papers, either sheets or rolls. I know which ones need to be cut and which ones don't. And I have all my shipping products well organized You know, being an artist is very sort of right-brained. Being a business person is the opposite. It's all science. And I take that very seriously and make it as efficient as possible. Right. Well, let let me take you a little bit deeper into that. So Ascending Grace 04 is on your two-terabyte hard drive. Mm -hmm. Is it saved in different sizes on that hard drive? So most of my images I've sold at one point in time or another. And when I resize them, I save them in the different sizes. So those are available for me. If not, it's pretty easy for me to resize an image. There can be some cropping involved, and that's mentioned in the shop, that there can be some changes to the appearance of an image due to the aspect ratio that they're purchasing. 
I've never had anyone complain about that. So sometimes there's a little cropped off the bottom or the top, or I have to stretch the sides out just a little bit to make it fit that size. Right. So is that all happening in Photoshop? Photoshop, yeah. And I use the Canon Image Prograph Pro printers. So I'm printing out of Photoshop into Canon's Print Studio Pro software but always straight out of Photoshop. So if I need to make any adjustments, I'm working with a 16-bit TIFF file, always Adobe RGB or Profoto, and flattening that image and then just taking it straight into Print Studio Pro. Okay, let me just take you back one step again. So the images on your 2-terabyte hard drive, are they PSD files unflattened at full resolution? TIFF files, not PSD, TIFF files. Oh, because you said you flattened them unflattened yes so that i can make any changes i would want to make in what regard to the editing you mean or to the um yeah i've gone back over time and there's some images i've gone back and edited so i want that flexibility at this point i don't do too much of that the other thing is i've gotten into the habit of keeping my layers because of print competition i need to be able to prove that this is a photograph and what part of that photograph is is straight out of camera and then the edits are done to it on separate layers got it got it okay so you have a full res tiff with layers it might sound crazy to you but i didn't know i could store a tiff with layers i thought that had to be a psd file (gasps) yes yes yeah for printing particular printing for yourself tiff is the preferred format why you know, no compression. I'm on a Windows computer, not a Mac, but in Windows, you can't see a preview of a PSD file, but you can of a TIFF file. So just for convenience, but with printing, with the workflow, TIFF works best. Okay, got it. So you have the uncompressed full resolution TIFF file. You see my order come in for 16 by 20. If you haven't had an order for this particular print in 16 by 20, you'll flatten it, you'll crop it, and then you send it to the printer. Yes. Okay, so I have dabbled in in in-studio printing myself for my wedding and portrait photography business. And for me, it became more of a nightmare than it was worth because I was printing mainly for wedding albums, some, some wall art for clients. But I found... I was having more troubles than it was worth Mm -hmm. with an in-house printer. Do you hear stories like that all the time? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. (laughs) Yeah, I get the sense that pressing that print button for you is as important and as special as hitting the shutter release button on your camera. Absolutely. And, you know, you hear people talk about the darkroom and the magic of the darkroom and the experience of the smell of the chemicals and the red light and the sound of the timer and then watching their image appear on the paper in the tray. I just hated that. <laughs> that to me is, is just torturous. But I feel that way when I watch the print head of a printer move across the paper (laughs) and then you know the print comes out to me that's magical and it doesn't smell bad and I don't have to be in a little dark room you know but it's creating this beautiful print and it's magical I love it 
Cheryl, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I will be adding links to perfectprintclub.com, to ProEDU, the articles you've got there. I clicked on one. The first one that came up was choosing a printer is probably the single most important decision of your life. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it might be an over-exaggeration, but really it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you feel exactly that. But I'll add links to all those and also to your incredible work. We didn't talk a lot about your actual photography work but it is simply incredible it's amazing so look massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have oh thank you so much thank you i hope you enjoyed that interview with cheryl as much as i did cheryl if you're listening again thank you so much for coming on sharing everything you did it's plain as day you are so passionate about your printing and Yeah, it sounds like there's just so much to learn, but thank you for for sharing what you did about it and helping us to get motivated to do some in-house printing ourselves. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Cheryl had to share. I'll be adding Cheryl into the members Facebook group. So if you are a premium member and you have a follow-up question for Cheryl, feel free to hit her up inside the group. If you are listening to the free version of the podcast, you can leave comments or questions for Cheryl in the comments area of the show notes. And you can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 376. Now in those show notes, I've got examples of Cheryl's amazing work. Like it really is incredible work, her underwater work. It's there in the show notes. Plus I've got links to anything and everything that she shared. It's all there in that one spot. photobizx.com forward slash 376. Photobiz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. Just two quick announcements before we close out today's episode, and I did allude to these earlier in the show before the interview with Cheryl. The Pricing Masterclass with Joel Dunn, photography business coach and mindset coach Joel Dunn, is happening tomorrow morning. It's not too late to register for that. And remember, if you are a PhotobizX Premium member, you get a 50% rebate when you sign up. So you get access, full access to that pricing masterclass for $48.50. If you are not a premium member, the cost is $97. But of course, you can still become a premium member and get access for 50% off. That includes the live training. Whether or not you can make it, you'll get access to the recordings. You'll get a one-on-one session with Joel to discuss your pricing. And the whole idea is you come away from that training knowing exactly how to create or build or modify your existing price list to lead your clients to the products that you want to be selling at the price you want to be selling them for. There's a formula to it. Joel's going to be revealing all of that tomorrow in the live training and then live on the photobizx.com website as a standalone masterclass slash course, which will include interviews with two of Joel's previous clients that have worked with him on their price list and have had huge success after implementing what he'll be sharing tomorrow. I'll also lay out the training in step-by-step form so you can watch the video, read about how to implement this in your business, and you'll also get added to the Facebook group where Joel will be an active member and be able to answer your questions. So If you want more details about it, photobizx.com forward slash pricing. I hope to see you there on the live call or in the group afterwards. The last thing is the daily vlog challenge is kicking off next Monday, one week from today on the 31st of August, 2020. 
The early bird special pricing is still available for that. It's a three-week challenge. I'm going to implement or have you implement tiny little steps as we move through each day of the challenge. It's five days a week for three weeks, and I can promise you will be blown away at your transformation after that three-week period. And the beauty of the daily vlog challenge is because you keep adding your or improving your skills step by step, a little bit at a time each day as you implement each of the daily challenges by uploading a video into the group, the challenge group. There's a daily challenge, a daily task for you where you need to do something in regards to recording your video. But the big, the big thing is we really do take a business focus. So by the end of the challenge, you're posting to your social media profiles. You're using video replies to any inquiries that you're getting to your photography business, whether that's via email or via social media. I'm helping you to set up retargeting ads using video for people that have been to visit your website. You'll be leaving testimonials for other businesses in your local area that you want to be networking and working with or getting referrals from. We're going to be doing all this in the challenge. So you'll actually be working on your business while you're getting better at becoming comfortable being yourself on video. It really is a fantastic challenge. It's inexpensive and I think you'll find it's life-changing if you get involved and implement as we go along through the challenge. If you want more details about that, head over to dailyvlogchallenge.com and make sure you register this week so you still get in at the early bird special price. dailyvlogchallenge.com Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. This is a little bit of a, a bit of a sad week for me because <laughs> Linda and I were booked in for a trip to Noosa at the end of the week. I was going to be going on a, uh, a cycling camp for the weekend. Linda was going to come and join me after watching the boys play soccer, our boys play soccer on the weekend. And we were going to have a week in Noosa, uh, catch up with Melanie McNiven, one of the PhotoBizX premium members, and hopefully a couple of other photographers in Noosa, and just enjoy a lovely week away in beautiful warm weather. But because of COVID, that's not happening. <laughs> the borders are closed all around Australia and uh, even within Australia, within the States. So we are confined, confined to New South Wales. So instead, we're probably going to head up to the Blue Mountains, and um, which seems ridiculous because all I wanted to do was ex- escape the cold and uh, it's going to be even colder there in the Blue Mountains. But we think it'll be a nice place to get away, do some bushwalking, get out and see some waterfalls, sit by a nice warm fire, read books and just enjoy each other's company for for a few days away. So, yeah, it doesn't sound quite as glamorous and fun as Noosa, but it'll be fun to get away nonetheless. Alrighty, that's my sad story to finish off today's episode. I hope you are staying safe, healthy, and well, and I hope that um, your life hasn't been too disrupted for you wherever you are listening from. And here's hoping that uh, they come out with a vaccine soon and uh, we, we can put all this behind us and get stuck back into things one one quick thing is uh, i've been amazed at um how well businesses photography business owners are bouncing back as they're being able to shoot i mean i just saw a post today inside the members facebook group by alishba czar who i've interviewed twice in the past for the podcast and she just reopened in july reopened her business in july after covid and she's had a seventy-two thousand dollar month and she's on track for around $100,000 in sales 
for August, which is just phenomenal. So Alispa, if you're listening, congratulations to you. If you aren't aware or know of Alispa, go back and have a listen to her interviews. Uh, the way the way she operates is just yeah amazing, fantastic. She's an incredible businesswoman, and I think those uh, those numbers really prove that. Alrighty, again, stay safe, stay healthy, stay well, stay motivated, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 